<laughs> Hello, gamers. Ah. It's time for your weekly game break. This is episode 34, and as usual, I'm your host, Cole Wise. Joining me today is the master of fright, Daniel Jensen. <laughs> and the king of terror, Jared Masagi. Remember, I'm scared. If you, too, want to be on the show, you can go to our website, game-break.com, to find out how. We're not developers. We're not journalists. We're gamers, just like you. And this is your October Game Break. Thanks to it being the spookiest and scariest of months in the year. I'm going to start doing my normal voice now, but either way, we're going to start talking about scary games so we're going to start off the show we've got a list written by GameSpot, and it covers about half a dozen give or take games that are halloween themed for the month and then after that we're going to get into games that get our hair raising those little goosebumps showing up or just games that you like to play to get in the mood for the days being shorter, the nights being longer, and everything getting, in general, all the more spooky. So let's start off with this list. Like I said, it's written by GameSpot, and this is all the games that they have with 2017 events and updates focused around Halloween. So, first one on the list here, we've got Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Now, they're going to host a month-long event... And it's called Willard Weiler's Halloween Scream, and it features several different components. So each week, players will be able to pick up a free Halloween supply drop by just logging in. And you can also get a Halloween-themed cosmetic item on each Friday. Halloween gear and loot, such as zombie-themed rig skin, will also be up for grabs. And additionally, Gesture Warfare mode where you take out components by doing things like pinching your fingers, returns for a limited time. Also, there will be a DLC, Carnage, one of the maps in the Retribution DLC. So it will be free to all players from October 12th until November 1st. It's in a special player list, and it's only on that map, and it offers double XP. Also, Boss Battle will allow DLC owners to tackle a different zombie episode's final fight each week. Moving on, we've got Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm once again sees its Hollow's End event, which kicks off this month. However, this marks the first Halloween since Blizzard launched its Heroes of the Storm's new loot crate chest, well, loot chest system, sorry, it's all just loot something, which means that things work a little bit differently than in the past. So it's going to mirror Overwatch more this time around, where it's an event-specific chest, and it's going to replace your standard ones. So you'll earn one on every level up, and at least one of the four rewards inside is guaranteed to be a Hollow's End item, which includes skins, mounts, sprays, and portraits. Uh, Weekly Brawl rewards after October 20th, will take the form of a Hollow's End chest, and these can also be purchased using gems. And it says also during the event, you can make progress towards quests that will net you a special spray by playing two games, a banner, eight games, and portrait by playing 15 games. However, the custom games, training matches, and brawls don't count towards these totals. 
So it says that goes from October 17th to November 14th at the end of that. Uh, Overwatch, of course, is also doing a Halloween-themed month, and that has already started, and it runs until November 1st. So this article says it runs till November 2nd. I don't believe that's the actual case, because I've seen something where it says it ends November 1st. So maybe take all this with a grain of salt and double check if it's a game you want to look into. But it says that Blizzard has brought back Overwatch's Halloween terror event. And if you're not sure what that is, basically you bring back Junkenstein and it's a horde mode where you're on a specific map and waves of enemies are going to come at you. It's a really fun uh, four-player mode and you have set characters that you can play as. I know that Mercy was one of them. I believe Hanzo might have been another one. Last year, Soldier 76 was one of them. Uh, I haven't been able to play it yet, so that's why I don't know for sure. Oh, no, never mind. I take it back. It's here in the article. I'm just a dork. It says that this event will replace its standard loot box, just like Heroes of the Storm, with a specific Halloween event box. So this includes both those from last year and more than 50 new ones, new items, such as legendary skins for Anna, Symmetra, Zenyatta, and McCree. Personally, Symmetra and Zenyatta, in my opinion, have the best skins. Now, last year's Chunk of Science Revenge, like I mentioned, is also back. And it is just AI-controlled characters. And it says, new to this version is an endless variant where you can compete on leaderboards by seeing how many waves you can successfully make it through. So again, that event has already started and it runs through November 1st. Paragon is also getting a Halloween-themed event this month. It says, as part of the Shadows Eve event, Paragon players will be able to get their hands on limited edition chests. These contain regular items and Shadow Eve-specific rewards, including skins and banners. I'm going to probably butcher this name. Narbash, Narbesh, uh, Wukong, and Yin have received new skins for the event, and each week will offer up a selection of different skins from last year. These skins and banners are only available during the event. A special mega bundle that includes all of this will be sold from October 21st or 24th, sorry, to November 11th. You'll receive a discount if you've already gotten your hands on any of the content. And then surprisingly enough, Pokemon Go also has plans, but it says they have not yet been revealed, so later this month we'll get more news on that. Smite is on the list next and it says that the newest patch for smite brings back the halloween makeover for arena modes map and the scary potion the latter messes around with players last year's version for instance would occasionally play a loki sound effect that made you think you were about to be backstabbed additionally a halloween chest is for sale that includes things like spooky and themed skins trick-or-treat cupid or grim reaper thanatos through the odyssey there are new Halloween skins you can buy directly, such as Mummified is a Nami, Nami, maybe, and uh, Urei Susano. Guessing on these names, guys, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Uh, again, it is also available now, and I am not seeing an end date for that, so I would assume that it probably just runs through the end of October. And last on our list, 
World of Warcraft. I believe they do stuff every year for things like this, but it hasn't revealed exactly what it's going to be doing for Halloween. Uh, we just know that the event celebrates the break of the Forsaken from the Scourge, and it says that fun and mischief reign as the innkeepers of Azeroth give treats and tricks to whoever asks. And that does end uh, November 1st, but it starts on October 8th. So my guess would be, again, uh, Smite will probably be the same thing, ending at the end of the month, along with World of Warcraft. Now, that's all I have on that list from GameSpot. If anything else comes up, we will try to make sure that it's in the show before the end of the month. But that's not the only thing we wanted to talk about. So the next thing we'll get into is what games do you like to play at this time of the year? And it doesn't have to just be games that are specifically classified as horror. We were joking around, Jared, you made the comment that... uh you know, maybe somebody wants to play Halloween Town and Kingdom Hearts, and even though we debated on whether or not that'd be relevant, personally, I think that's relevant. So we're going to give our opinions, but if anybody listening in the audience has a game that really just, you know, makes your hair on your arms stand straight up and gives you that spook, or there's a game in particular that you're just not quite comfortable playing by yourself in the dark around this time of the year, make sure to write in and let us know what that is at gb underscore podcast but let's start off with you jared you have a a few games you want to mention and then daniel and i each have one a piece so let's start with yours what are your games that you like to play at this time of year okay i have uh three games that i like to give shout outs to uh the first game i want to give a shout out to it's the oldest was released in i believe 2008 is dead space again this is a classic horror slash tense shooter. It is just tense. You you are stuck on a ship practically by yourself and you have to somehow escape whenever it's just full of monsters. It is a per, one of the best horror games out there. Uh, personally, I like it better than 2 or 3. That's debatable. But in my opinion, this is one of the best uh tense shooters slash horror games out there. What Have you guys ever played it? I have. Um, and I do agree. I honestly thought it was better than 2 and 3. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I thought 2 was alright. 3 was kind of uh, like kind of, you know, on the topic of horror games, kind of like the Resident Evil 6 of Dead Space. But right. I thought I thought Dead Space 1 was excellent. And it was it was very very good, and it had a really good story. And uh, some of the sections where you had the enemies, like when you were just in such close quarters, like like that was kind of that kind of had me on edge. And I have to agree with everything you're saying in terms of the story. The thing is, it's a very very simple story. You just want to get off of this ship. That is it. You don't need to know too much of anything else. Once they get into 2 and 3, they start going deep, deep into lore, to other characters, to everything else. No. In Dead Space 1, it was a very simple get out. And that is what drove the whole thing. And that's why I think it's so great. Yeah, I, uh, I've played parts of it. And I believe I've at least started it and gotten a decent way into it. Dead Space is still one of those game series that I didn't get into it when it was on the ps3 
And I'll admit that was, you know, that was due to personal choices back when I was a teenager to try to avoid games like that. I've never been that into scary games, horror games, but the older I've gotten, the more I really appreciate those kind of games. Hence the reason why I wanted to do this episode in the first place. But Dead Space is, without a doubt, I haven't even really played enough to have a solid opinion, yet I do have one. Dead Space is a great game. I've seen plenty of it. I've heard more than enough people talk about it. I've played enough of it myself to know this is absolutely a fantastic game. How it personally ranks up with me between 1 through 3. Uh, again, I have not played 2. I have not played 3. And I've only played a, you know, a decent portion of 1. But I keep them on my backlog just because I know that they look like great games. And so I don't care if I don't beat them until generation 5 of PlayStation comes out. One of these days, I do plan on beating these games. So that is an excellent choice. We're going to hold you to that, Cole. Yeah, we'll (laughs) hold you to it. And last word on this game is the reason it's also great is you could play it by itself. You don't need to know anything else. There's three games and a couple spinoffs. This is the one that could stand by itself. You don't need to play the others, but you could stand on this one and it would be great by itself. So that's why it's fantastic. Uh, so my second game that I would sh- give a shout out to is Until Dawn. That was a game that re- was released on the PS4 a few years ago. Again, it's a it's it's like a horror slasher movie made on a video game, in which your choices have an effect on the outcome. Characters could live, characters could die, and all based off of the choices that you make. So. It is great in that aspect. It's like the uh, heavy rain of the PS4. And it's just, it's got very tense moments, very tropey sometimes, but again, it's a great game. So uh, I'll go ahead and jump in then. So this was actually the game that I wanted to talk about myself. So I want to spend a hot minute on this. Until Dawn absolutely is a fantastic game. I mirror everything Jared just said about it. Uh, I, at the time, again, like I said earlier, I'm not super, super into scary games. And so I seen this and I thought, hmm, this is definitely outside the norm for me. But it has that telltale game kind of feel to it where you're going around and it's more story than it is gameplay. And the focus is more on the relationships that you develop. And I really thought they did a fantastic job with this because there are trophies through the game like honestly i don't think that the platinum is too difficult to do i've just been waiting to replay it i don't like unless it's a game that i was really really into i don't jump back into a game quickly after beating it and i like to wait long enough that maybe parts of it start to fade or i've kind of you know forgotten different bits about it and i gotta be in the mood to replay something older because I got a bunch of new games to play. And right now, it's starting to hit this time where it's like, Until Dawn sounding pretty good. I want to go for that Platinum. It's worth Platinum. It's worth playing multiple times because you have that opportunity to play it. And by that, I mean that they put in place in the system where either everybody can live or everybody can die. Every decision you make will inevitably lead to somebody living or dying it's one or the other so you can get right up to the end of the game and it'll finish 
with no survivors if that's you know either how poorly you played or if that's how you're purposely trying to go for it because that is a trophy for the game so it's like i said i just cannot give this game enough praise i thought they did a fantastic job uh let me grab i've actually got the game here not far off from me it is made by supermassive games i can't remember if you mentioned that yet jared but uh no fantastic fantastic game if you haven't played it highly recommend it uh i'm honestly kind of jonesing to play it right now myself uh they have real actors the graphics in it are really good you can definitely feel where these professional actors put their love care and attention into it it's not a very long game uh probably what would you guys say like eight to ten hours yeah that's about right Mm -hmm. yeah and uh just you know quick side snippet about the game when i played it for the first time i was so enamored by this game i beat it in one night and i generally don't do that i generally even a short game like that i will put in a few hours i'll kind of explore around and then eventually i'll put it down i'll play something else just that way i can kind of make the game last longer i didn't even care about making the game last longer on this one it was just so good that it had me in its clutches even better was at the time that I was playing it, I plugged in the game around, I think it was like 9 o'clock at night. And so, takeaways, food breaks, and bathroom breaks for sure, I was able to play the game long enough so that way I started it at 9 o'clock at night, and I can't remember exactly what time it was in the morning, but I know that the sun was coming up. Right at dawn. Yep. So I beat the game at dawn. And of course, the game is called Until Dawn, so I don't consider this to be a spoiler that, yeah, it's a bunch of kids in the woods, and they have to survive all night for their lives. So, the game is over once the sun rises. It's a kind of a classic, and at this point in, you know, movie history and all that stuff, maybe even a little bit cheesy to do the stereotypical teenage horror game or movie like this. But they do it so well. I really, I, if this game isn't a 10, I give it a nine. I really do think it's worth looking into and I won't, I won't keep talking about it or spoil anything, but your choices are important. I will stress that a lot. Choices are very important for until dawn, but I highly recommend it. Sounds like you were playing until dawn. I was, but I digress. One, uh, one, one last shout out about until dawn. Uh, the game the VR game Impatient, which was announced at the E3 press conference a few months back, that is technically a prequel to Until Dawn. And that is released on November 21st of this year, 2017. So this is a good That's chance. That's the Playlink, right? Uh, no. Now, it's the same kind of style, but Impatient is... Uh, you're inside a sale asylum. So if you play the game, you may know where it is. So it's a prequel from my understanding. It comes out in about a month and a half. So if you haven't played Until Dawn, play this game, and then you could jump right into a horror VR experience. See, that's... I feel like Sony kind of dropped the ball with Until Dawn, and I feel like they're dropping the ball on this game too because... They could have, I believe Until Dawn came out 
it wasn't even in October, but it was before Halloween. No. And they didn't. I think it was in March. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It seemed like it was at least a couple months before October. So they could have really promoted Until Dawn heavily during October. uh, What was this that it came out? Did Until Dawn just come out last year, though? No, 2015. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm like, it feels like it's been longer. But I do remember people saying that it's like they should have promoted it again in October. They could have done it again last year and been just fine. It is a perfect game for this time of year. And now, hearing that their prequel's coming out and it's coming out in November? Like, what? (laughs) I would have done everything in my power if I was Sony to make sure that this game came out before October 31st. Or at the very least on october 31st considering that's a tuesday and that's generally when games release that would have been absolutely perfect i feel like they dropped the ball on that yeah but then again that's like uh four days after assassin's creed uh wolfenstein and mario odyssey so again that's not a putting it right next to stiff competition well i understand that because normally 11 months out of the year that would absolutely be the case but I feel like when you put out a horror game and Halloween I feel like even though yes until dawn can it go up with something like Mario or other big hitters no it'll stand on its own just fine but you throw out until dawn on Halloween day during Halloween month a scary game like this is and the amount of praise that until dawn got on its launch and how obsessed with it people were i cannot help but think that that boosts until dawn above these other games now i could be totally wrong sony would know better than i would they get the numbers but i really feel like that would give it enough of a boost that it would hold its own just fine well the problem with that is they are not promoting inpatient like it's an until dawn game. It's like people had to kind of get that out of the developer whenever they announced it. And then it was trickled out. Oh, this is a prequel. This is a prequel. Instead of just kind of a side horror game they're making. So again, this one's a little bit weird. And I won't say nothing else. So I'll, I actually play it. Yeah, I, I just... I think that all kind of goes back to Sony dropping the ball on it. I think if they really had promoted it heavier and pushed to get it out in October, I think it would have done just fine. Even if it was, even if they could have gotten it done a month sooner, which I know a month is a huge amount of time for developers, but it's like, come on, man, they they really could have sped this one up just a little bit more. I think it would have done great for them, but nonetheless, November is really nothing that special either. It's Thanksgiving and I don't, I never see people running around really worrying about Thanksgiving too much until it's like, you know, Thanksgiving Day or Black Friday is when people really flip out. But, you know, it feels like Halloween, October still kind of carries through the beginning of November. So it might just do just fine. Uh, But hopefully the fact that it comes out after Halloween won't deter people from getting it because Until Dawn was great. Impatience probably going to be just as good, hopefully even better. Uh, there's already recognizable characters in there. If anybody's a fan of Arrow, uh, Laurel, I believe is her name. Uh, I'm such a big fan of the show. I should know it for sure. It is Laurel. Uh, the woman who plays Black Canary, she is in this game. She was actually the first face I recognized. I was like, hey, look at that. Black Canary's in this. So that's cool. But uh, before I forget, 
while we're on the subject of Until Dawn, you brought up VR. Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. I finally plugged in my uh-huh. VR headset again last week. Finally played that. Uh, played the first level. <laughs> That's really good, too. It's a very simple game. Yes. It's like you're riding on a carnival ride, and you go through, and you shoot the things that come at you. But otherwise, it's still a fun game. So if you do have a PlayStation VR headset, and you're looking for something to do, especially with friends or family, that's a great game to bust out for you know a little bit of a, a jump scare there. Yeah, I have to agree with that last part. I've a couple of my family members tried Rush of Blood. A couple of them really, really freaked out. So that is a good <laughs> choice to have the family try. So before I jump into my last one, Daniel, how about your game? <laughs> you know, uh, over the course of this discussion, I've heard lots of different uh, words brought up, like choices and VR. And uh, for this particular game, this one's this one's going to be a little interesting because I have not played this. It just recently came out. Uh, I am trying to get it this month so I can play it. It is a Korean horror game. Uh, it is actually supported um, with PSVR. It's not really advertised, but it is. Uh, it's called White Day, a Labyrinth Name School. Uh, this is a Korean horror game. It's first person. Uh, there are no weapons in the game. Essentially, uh, the the gist of, at least for the gameplay, before I get into a little bit of the story, is pretty much uh, haunted school. Um, haunted school, there were some uh, deaths that occurred, and essentially, like I guess... Uh, this spirit ended up dividing some like supernatural forces into five amulets. And what happened was, is I guess the amulets were split through this school that was originally a hospital during the Korean war. And I guess um, something happened that upset these spirits. And I guess your character ends up going to this place because now it's a school and your character attends the school. And basically it's, uh, really creepy now because of like the demons and the spirits. They're they're haunting the school while you're trying to solve this mystery of what happened, and you're trying to find uh, these amulets that were um, put all around the school uh, to try to revive the person that died that set off these chain of events. And while you're doing it, you have to make certain choices um, depending on um, where the story goes. There's eight different endings. And you also have to um, avoid getting killed uh, various ways because they they do not want you to win. But you have to do this without using weapons. You have to do this just using your knowledge and using the environment and using what you have to get out of these supernatural situations. Uh, forgive me. I believe I have heard of this game. Does it look like a Fatal Frame? Or does it um, act like that? Uh, kind of in the sense that it's like you you do play as a girl. This is in first person, but uh, instead of it being the camera like uh, like you do in Fatal Frame, uh, this this is more. Uh, I'd say based on what I've seen, I'd say it's a, a a little bit different. It veers off a little bit. 
I will tell you, uh, I, I have not played it yet. I am trying to get it. It did just come out. Um, it was, uh, I guess, originally, um, it released in Korea in like 2001. They um, re-released it on PS4. Um, apparently, it's pretty much uh, what I've heard is it's the scariest game Korea has ever made. It is supposed to be really scary. And you want to try in VR. Fantastic. Um, Yes, um, I want to try that in VR, and I want to try that uh, normally too. You can play it normally, or you can do the VR. It's like uh, no I was, su- I was, I was surprised when I saw it was for VR because they're like, "Oh yeah, we have this little VR function thing too," and it was just like, "You can play this in VR." It's like there's really no horror games in VR besides, you know, Resident Evil, and like you were just mentioning, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. You know, there's really nothing like just. Like just hardcore, like just scary. So that's what that surprised me a little bit. And um, since this is kind of an HD, uh, essential not so much an HD remaster as it is a remake uh, of the original game. Um, it uh, it launched at a, a budget price. I believe you can find it uh, on Amazon for twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, I believe they have the exclusive distribution rights. Um, in America for that, or you can get it on the PlayStation Network. Um, and uh, apparently, I, I don't know if this is really spoilers or not, but they uh, also, I guess, announced a sequel um, to this game coming out next year. Um, they did, I guess it's supposed to be a whole new story to what I understand. Um, so that's that's definitely going to be interesting. And that, one's, that one they're touting has VR from the get-go. My one and my last question on that game is: Does it have English subtitles? Uh, it actually has. Um, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I am not 100% sure, but I am very sure it has English voice acting and it has uh, the Korean original. Um, like uh, the voice acting is in Korean with English subtitles. I do believe there's both. Nice. Well, Jared, I do have a shout-out I'll give, but do you want to give your your last game first? My last game, and Daniel, he did say it. Uh, (laughs) The horror game that is my favorite, that I've the best horror game I've ever played, and it was in VR, was Resident Evil Seven. I did not play this; I just exclusively played it on VR. And it was fantastic. There's a couple spots that were corny. There was a lot of spots that were terrifying. Just slowly creep around every corner to look around the corner and see who was there. But again, if you can, again, this game's probably getting cheaper. It's been out for about nine months now. It was released earlier this year. So there may be cheap copies out there. Get it if you can, and definitely play this game in VR. There's a couple couple areas that, man, make it worth it. Yeah, I, you know, I have to agree because, again, my shout-out was taken. So, <laughs> uh, should have probably coordinated a little better. Both mine were uh, commented on by both of you guys, so that's excellent that we got them covered. I haven't played Resident Evil 7, though, so I was actually just going to give it a shout-out. You've 
played it, so it's good that we got your opinion. Uh-huh. But another one I was going to say, because we're still talking about VR, if, if you're looking for a fun party trick, because this is one that's going to throw people off. And I just did it last week where I told my brother and then he didn't get a chance to play it yet before his friends showed up. Then I told his friend he needed to try it because they were playing on it. And I was like, hey, you know what What game you need to try? The kitchen demo. Uh-huh. To, of course, they're both of their reactions, you know, my brother thought it was like a cooking mama simulator or something and then his <laughs> friend didn't know what to take of it like a kitchen demo they, they look at me like i'm crazy like really that's like a cooking game like why would, i don't even care about that i'm like no 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 no. you've got to try it so we've told this story before on the show but since you guys covered my games i want to talk about an experience that jared and i had in fact we did cover it but it would have been like a couple years ago now because <laughs> it was at the PSX event in 2015 in San Francisco, the one where uh, the three of us actually met each other for the first time, and a year later we added Eve to our little group. So we go back there to the booth. Actually, I believe that I went back there and I found this out and let you know, but uh, found out you got to have a reservation for the VR stuff at PSX. So it was not easy to get into, but the lady there told us that if we came back the next morning between 7 a.m. and 7.30 a.m., it is just free reign. They will let a certain amount of people get in there who weren't able to actually get a spot in line, and they can get in without that reservation. So we're waiting. You and I are the first ones in line. Now, I think a couple had beat me to the line, but I got there first, and they had went back to go to Starbucks, so they weren't there when I got there. So they moved out of place, and I got first. Then when you showed up, of course, I let you stand by me in the line, and I don't really know where you were at at this point, Daniel, but either way, Jared and I were up at the front. And then it was utter chaos from there once they let everybody in, because it wasn't nearly as organized as the day before. That big Samoan guy who... He'll make you cream your drawers if you piss him off. You don't want to piss him off. He wasn't there. So then the second guy just threw up his arms and they opened up these giant gated doors and were just like, have at it, don't run, and everybody ran. So we get back there and we're like, I mean, Jared and I are power walking like a couple of middle-aged women with like scrunchies on their arms, you know, that 80s look and big headphones (laughs) on. And we're just power walking back there. Finally get back to the uh, VR booth. And of course, we go along the right side of it, which happened to be the wrong side of it because the line started on the left side. So we wrap all the way around it. A line had already started. We're freaking out, thinking, oh, God, I hope they haven't capped it. But they did cap it. It wasn't like real close to us behind us. So we got there with plenty enough time. But we get around to the front and the guys, Jared's in front of me. So he's telling Jared about like, oh, we got the kitchen demo. And for any of you who know what this game is, this isn't going to be a surprise to you when I describe it. But he starts talking about this game where you're sitting in a kitchen and you're tied up and it's supposed to be scary. And it was like, oh, and I was getting super jelly, (laughs) you know, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, I want to do that. I want to do that. Like I would have been willing to wait for Jared to go through the demo because that's the one I wanted to play so badly. Thankfully, Jared turned it down and you played a racing game, I believe. And you seem to like it. And my arm shot up. The second you said no, my arm shot up, and I'm like, I'll do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And they they had a setup 
where they literally had a small white wooden chair where the paint was peeling off, which is like what you're sitting on in this game. And if you haven't pieced two and two together yet, the kitchen isn't exactly a demo about cooking. You're sitting there and your your arms are tied up and you're supposed to hold the controller. So in real life, you're holding the controller, you're fine, you got the headset on, but you're still sitting on a wooden chair, which immerses you even more. And then all of a sudden they tell you, you need to, like, there's this camera in front of you, you need to knock it over. I get the feeling that most people just move their arms, but you actually got to lean because it's VR. So you lean forward, you knock over this camera, and it wakes up this guy laying on the ground who I personally thought was dead. He gets up, he finds a knife, he's trying to cut you out of it. Now, because it's VR, you can either catch this or not catch it because it depends on where you're actually looking. But I saw a woman's leg quickly duck behind a counter in the kitchen behind the guy. He didn't notice. You have no microphone, you have no way to let this guy know that something happened. All of a sudden, she like jumps behind him, grabs him. They wrestle around. You're still powerless to do anything because you're stuck on this chair. They wrestle around. He loses. She picks up the knife. Then she's got the knife in her hand. And it's like, you know, upside down in her hand. So it looks like she's going to like, you know, jab it into you. And she's getting real close. And she's making this like kind of noise. You're getting all freaked out. And then I like the way, (laughs) I like the way uh, my brother's friend, I think it was my brother, the way he put it. It's like, that guy is a true bro. Because he jumps up and tackles her. And just wrestles around, wrestles around, wrestles around. And and keep in mind, at this point, it's definitely spoilers for this VR game. If you don't want to hear it. But I highly recommend it. It's a great, scary game for just being a demo that you can have other people play. And so he gets up and he starts wrestling her. And they, they get to a point where she must knock him out or something, but she starts dragging him back out of your view and around the corner. Then you hear this thud after a few seconds, and you look on the ground, and there's his head rolling towards you. And then once it finally stops, blood starts pouring out of it. So now you're still tied up. You're stuck in this old, dingy kitchen with this freaky lady monster. <laughs> and the thing that always gets people is that All of a sudden, her hands come from behind your head and just, like, cover your eyes. And you're looking around, you're looking around, the hands follow each of your eyes, kind of blocking your vision, and then they slowly pull back. Then you're waiting, and you can hear her climbing around like a giant spider. And all of a sudden, just, bam, her head's right in front of you, she's upside down, and, you know, you can see her creepy black eyes, and it's it's like a super jump-scary kind of game, but it was so much fun to play and so that's another demo i believe if i'm not mistaken it is on the uh, playstation vr demo disc and it comes with the vr headset so you guys should have it on there and if you haven't checked out the kitchen check it out because it wasn't until later that we revealed what jared was talking about resident evil 7 it was like a demo for that but they kept it under wraps and it finally was revealed and everybody kind of lost their heads and that's what told me i want to play the game jared recommended Resident Evil 7, because that demo alone was great. I can only imagine how good the game is. Yeah, yeah. The kitchen demo is great, but Resident Evil 7, man, that is a fantastic game. In my opinion, best since 4. Yes. Well, I really like 5. I'm one of those people. But, yes, best horror game since 4. Alright, guys, well... 
you heard it here. These are the games that we are recommending for you to play during this month. If you have games that you think are spooky or get your hair standing on end, then make sure to write in and let us know. Now, before the end of the month, we'll make sure to give you a shout out and mention the games that you like or you recommend that people play. But as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Game Break. This has been episode 34. You guys already know the like and share spiel from everybody else, so I'm not going to go into that. But remember, if you want to be on the show or keep up with the rest of our content, you can go to game-break.com and don't forget that dash. It's a great way for you to leave us feedback or you can do that by tweeting at GB underscore podcast. So that's GB like the old Game Boy. Do that on Twitter. Uh, Also, quick message aside, I did mention that we were going to say when PSX early bird tickets are out. Uh, According to Daniel, he said that he heard that uh, early bird tickets are out, but there are still tickets for PSX. So make sure to grab those if you plan on going to that. Should be, I should have pulled this up before I did this, but it's like $70 to go for the full ticket, right? Yeah, I think it was was either 70 or 75. Okay, so 75. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm like, mm, it seemed like it was 75. So, $75, you can go for both days. It's absolutely worth it. And remember, if you got that early bird ticket, make sure that you book your plane in your hotel so that way you could be there on Friday as well because there is also this you know, curtained off big event or we don't even know how big it is actually, but there's something happening on Friday. We haven't gotten word what that is. Obviously, when we get the word, we will make sure to share it with all of you listeners uh let's see something else that i wanted to mention is that if you want to write in we already know our topic for next week because we got some stuff that we want to talk about but the topic for next week is things that piss gamers off normally we don't list (laughs) next week's episode but i want to hear from you guys if you have anything to write in or if anybody writes in then uh i want to hear what pisses you off about certain video games uh loop crates and boxes right now as an example or something that everybody's up in arms about so write in let us know what you think and i think that's you know what really grinds my gears yeah exactly it's basically an episode (laughs) like that now i almost finished up the episode but there was one more thing i wanted to mention Uh, on the last episode that we had i gave a teaser for game break and how it's expanding Uh, that was not finished as quickly as I thought, so that was a little bit premature for me to tease that. But it worked out perfectly. I wanted to let you guys know that that is still in the works. I've got somebody helping me out with this project, so I will start bugging him, making sure that this gets done sooner. And as soon as I can comment on it again, I will make sure to let you guys know of that as well. But until next time, you guys just keep doing what you love, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.